0: Welcome to Houndsy, the Steal Me Podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and with me tonight to discuss a Hounds one nothing, but maybe should have been more victory over Birmingham, and looking forward to El Paso this coming Saturday, I got Vesty with me. Vesty, what's good, my man?
1: Hey, nothing much. Uh, enjoying the wonderful weather we finally have here in Pittsburgh. Nice sunny days, I mean, multiple sunny days in a row. Yeah. Um, and uh, excited to talk about some soccer.
0: Yeah, it was not uh, the most sunny of days uh, last uh, last Saturday for Birmingham, but uh, once Monday hit, it's been uh, sunshine and lollipops, and hopefully that, that carries through to this Saturday uh, for one of the the rare back-to-back home home stands for the uh, for the beloved this uh, this season. But as with, I mentioned, with the way are, this what... year has been going, I was gonna say,
1: with the way this year has been going. Uh, Good chance it won't be nice for the weekend. It's always nice during the week, but not the
0: weekend. Correct, and then people have the excuse for uh, for not uh, for not making it out to the game. It was a little rough this uh, this past weekend between the uh, the double dip of bad weather and and the Penn's playoff game. It was, uh, yeah, a little little not quite the uh, the five thousand plus of the the home game before that, but we will have to see. But as I'd mentioned uh, this past Saturday, the Hounds were back at Highmark after a uh, less than great trip to Louisville. And they come out with it a one-one-nil victory, goal by Danny Griffin in the fourth minute. Fourth minute, and uh, we're gonna have some thoughts about Vesty. What um, you were not at the game, I believe, but nope. help. Uh, in your your bourbon-soaked uh, glasses, what did you what you notice from the game, or what you notice? Let's start with the lineup. What did you notice from the from the lineup? Anything that that stuck out to you? Yeah, after I uh, turned off the Derby and turned on the Hounds,
1: and uh, you know, switched from being having horses in the brain to River Hounds in the brain. Um, I I thought it was a pretty standard lineup. Uh, you know, it's pretty similar to what we've been seeing this year. The exception being Silva back in net, which I think we probably thought that was going to come uh, with the sort of poor performance or poor showing that we saw from weight. Uh, but I mean, generally speaking, I thought the lineup was, it's fine. Not <laughs> uh, Nothing really stuck out to me to be honest.
0: Yeah. I thought actually the biggest surprise me outside of, of Silva, I was not as convinced as you and maybe some other people were that, that, Weight was going to get dropped. Uh, the biggest surprises for me was uh, uh, Dan Brott and Sims back in the back to the bench, which I thought was a a positive sign. Uh, we've been those were two guys that people have been been talking about a bit and have not made the game day eighteen for a while. So it was good to see those two names back out there. Uh, Silva I thought was a surprise. Everything else kind of as you would expect. Um, Nathan Dos Santos who did make team of the week uh, kind of solidify himself as, as a starter um, which is a positive thing because Zip is I don't know what what your thoughts were I this kind of us jumping ahead here but after maybe a, a less than stellar first showing or two uh, the rookie has has started to uh, make his presence felt there um they be on the, on the left side there. Yeah, he's been looking pretty good the last few games
1: um, and definitely seems to have cemented his role uh, in, that, in that part of the field. I like what I see from him, um, for sure. Speaking about like guys on the bench, uh, not maybe, I don't know, call it surprising, but uh, Jelani Beaners being on the bench or starting on the bench. Uh a scene they got replaced by uh Mikhail Williams, which I feel like they rotated a bit at the beginning of the season, if I remember right. And then it seemed like he settled on Peters. So to see Williams come back in, um, you know, maybe it's a rest thing or just just trying something different. And then Biasi has been getting uh a decent amount of starts lately on the uh the other side there. And looking all right for, for a rookie as well.
0: Yeah, we're starting to see a lot of the... Kind uh, of throw your bar into this as well. The The rookie class starting to find their footing in the, in the squad. Um, it's taking a, a little bit of time, but again, there is... It is the kind of this weird thing. You almost have a lot of very veteran players, or you have rookies. There's no... Not a ton of the... You know, second year, third year type of guys. They've either been been around four plus years, or they're or they're brand new. I, I think the only person who really falls in that middle ground is is kind of what Danny Griffin's on his third year. I think. I mean, is there anyone else that falls in like that three four year span? It seems like everyone else is either new or been around uh, at least the league for for quite some time.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, around the league, for sure, for the Hounds. Um, you know, you got, like, Griffin, Rivera. Is, is this a third year for Dequa or second?
0: Third year for Dequa. Yeah, third year for Dequa, but yeah. not as, not a as third year in the league. Right, yeah. So, yeah, so
1: it's, it's an interesting uh, combination. And uh, you know, once again, Lily showing that he can mine the the depths of college soccer there and, and, and pull up some gems that can really produce for us.
0: Now, the other big lineup change, which we all knew going into it, was Dan Kelly was going to be out with his with his red card, and we there was never any sort of report that came out that either. Um, obviously, clear, clearly not that the red card was successfully appealed and rescinded. But uh, there was no report that they even attempted to appeal it or that they did and uh, it was unsuccessful. This is obviously taking us back to the Louisville game, but were you in any way surprised that, uh, that the Dan Kelly uh, red card was held up or, or maybe not even appealed at all by the Hounds? Uh,
1: considering that is what, what, uh, Nico Brett for...
0: Um New Mexico? Was it Nico? Yeah, was he the one that got it rescinded? There's been there was or two got, rescinded already, at least two that have been pulled back by the league this year. Yeah. So Remember in the first like two one. or three weeks it was like red card bonanza? Yeah, that settled down a bit.
1: There's another one this week that they got the red card rescinded that was a weak call, which made me think you know, okay, Kelly's gonna get his too. Yeah, there's it's just radio
0: silence, which is weird. That was the uh, um that was the um Oh another former hound. Why am I uh for uh Tulsa. Uh Lebo's Lebo's uh Lebo. Yeah, the where the guy that's flopped a, on the headbutt.
1: That's how I was thinking, Brad. I was thinking former Hound, if I had the wrong former hound. Um Yeah, so his Radio Silence, which was a bit weird. I would I guess I wouldn't necessarily expect a team to be like we tried but didn't get it but you know with with how weak that card was i i think the consensus amongst the stew army and stuff was that it would be rescinded so um i don't know at least it's only a game and we're not without him for like five games or whatever for violent conduct yeah
0: it's not a three game or something like that because it it was officially marked for um Serious foul play was the, the reasoning, so it's, it makes it a one-game suspension. Yeah, so ultimately, uh, yeah,
1: it's kind of weird that we we didn't, or as far as we know, we didn't appeal. Weird that we didn't get it, but at the end of the day, no harm, no foul.
0: So I guess just it is what it is. Now, as I mentioned, it was a, a one-goal game uh, with the winning tally coming in the fourth minute. Although the hounds had plenty of opportunities to to pop in a couple more, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that, that could have been a a three nothing four nothing game quite easily if they convert a couple more chances. Uh, Van Ockel, the keeper for Birmingham, had a pretty stellar game, even though the goal against actually didn't look that great from from behind the net. It almost looked like it went right underneath his arm. Uh, But on the the inverse, Birmingham was held to zero shots on net. So, what would be your bigger takeaway from the game? The Hounds only popping in one, or not conceding a shot on frame?
1: I would say the uh, not conceding a shot on frame just because of some of the defensive woes we or defensive lapses we've been having this year and even in the previous season a bit. Um, on paper, Birmingham's got a decent attack and they should be dangerous and you, you would expect some shots, but either a combination of we got we got our, our back line figured out or maybe, you know and they are just bad they they haven't been looking pretty hot so but to, to to not have any defensive lapses and not give them any opportunities to get a shot on frame i think is is really important or, or really big uh, for how the hounds are playing on the offensive side it's it we should have had more goals definitely it's just one of those games i think um yeah, you know, we got their one, so it's not. Uh, it doesn't hurt us that we didn't get any goals, even if it is frustrating. But we, it would have been really nice to get that insurance goal. Because if 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 Birmingham actually had their shit together, this could have been one of those kind of bad ties or bad losses where we're just peppering them, and we can't get anything in, and then they they get something late. But fortunately, that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, I'm with you that it, it, the no goals uh, or the no shots on on target conceded is the the bigger takeaway from the game. But much like you're saying, everyone in the Steel Army section during that game was waiting for that shoot to drop of the bad goal against, and all of a sudden, a clearly better hound, better on the night hounds team is going to walk away with one point because they concede. Uh, concede later or concede a soft one so everyone was waiting for that to happen luckily it did not come to be but yeah the bigger takeaway is is the no shots on frame but looking bigger picture that's that's one goal uh, despite a lot of chances and a lot of decent looks against Birmingham uh, a really inept offensive performance at Louisville uh, obviously they they broke it out against um, Hotland at two, but then also really bad showing before that uh, in the league at least against Vegas, and then Cincinnati was the, you know, as an open cup game goes, they had they had their looks at it, but couldn't put one in the net. But as a trend, it is starting to slip down in terms of, of offensive output uh, from the first month, month and a half. Just as the league settles in or, or like a larger trend that we need to be concerned with.
1: Um, tell me from the stands, did it look like the guys were getting in each other's way a lot during the game? Cause it sure seemed like
0: it from the feed. There was, and arguably, arguably there was a couple times, arguably, especially on set pieces and, and some of the crosses when when the crosses were actually finding targets that, that, they may have been stepping in each other's way. Um, although I think the, the, the cross game was a little poor. There was a lot of times where it was going to either overhitting over hitting everyone or there was just no one in the box to for it to go to. But then there was definitely moments where they were finding finding their 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 marks on these um on these either the set plays or the crosses in and then yeah, it was almost getting in their way or, or blocking your own teammate's shot. There was a fair amount of that, but nothing that made me think, well, this is more than like an, an more than a normal game would would have.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I it just for whatever reason it was really standing out to me that it seemed like more off more than usual. They'd be two guys like right next to each other in the box and like you know, guy A is expecting to take the, the shot or get the pass, but guy B ends up with it. Or, and I mean, arguably, the, our goal was that, you know, Cicerone and Griffin were right next to each other, and everybody thought Cicerone was going to grab it, but then Griffin did, which um, probably led to that goal because it wasn't, like you mentioned, the, the greatest, it wasn't like the most powerful or, or um, like, sneaking in the corner type of shot and I wonder if the keeper was just off balance cuz he thought Cicerone was going
0: to take it instead of Griffin. In a certain light that's but, a soft goal. Yeah. For as well but, as Van yeah, yeah. played all night, you could you can make an argument that was a soft one given up.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it's just something that I don't know. Maybe uh, just from think maybe it happened less than I actually think it did, but it just seemed like uh some of the guys are you know, getting each other way or like two guys are in, occupying the same space where it sh- only should be one. And it makes me wonder if some of the offensive woes that they've had lately outside of Atlanta, if some of the guys are trying to do a little too much individually to get things going and, and, and yeah, and maybe some like breakdown of kind of like the, the team formation or mentality or however you want to describe that
0: yes with all that said was there any individual for the hounds that stood out to you either uh in a good way or in a in a bad way i i'll just off the bat say yeah probably not the first person to have this thought but uh, mentioned off the top there nathan dos santos i thought had a really good showing um, made the team of the week, so clearly his, his performance caught a lot of people's eyes. Uh, just seemed to be in a lot of the right places, putting putting the right weight on the ball when need be. Uh, and then uh, when he had to do more defensive duties was um, getting bodies in the right spot and, and breaking, up, breaking up the flow of any offense that Birmingham was trying to put together. And again, any time that, outside of a, like a five- or six-minute push there in the last 10 minutes, Birmingham never really had that much sustained uh, success or pressure in uh, the defensive work of Dos Santos, I thought, played a large part of that. Anyone else uh, to you that stood out?
1: Yeah, he looked good. Uh, I thought Dixon looked pretty good as usual. Uh, He had some really nice runs and uh, a couple nice passes in the second half that – more more tallies of of opportunities you'd hope uh would be in that but i don't i don't think anybody else really stood out uh as being particularly like you know better than the sum of the parts i feel like uh not that it's bad but i feel like cisperoni has got to be getting frustrated more frustrated every week that he's getting these looks and, and actually not converting um i don't think it's hampering his play or anything but you know, every time every time he gets a look on that and it doesn't convert I feel I could feel it through the stream
0: I agree that there's probably a lot of frustration going growing there he's popped in two so far this year but uh, the conversion percentage is is probably nowhere near where it was uh, last year uh, but we'll finish up looking at well one thing to do with the game and the one thing to do kind of bigger picture after the game. The one semi-surprise in the starting lineup, as we alluded to, was Kevin Silva back in net for for weight. Uh, given Silva's, what we thought of him going into the game and then his showing in this game, does anything change in, in what you think the the depth chart for the Hounds goalkeeping situation is after after this past Saturday?
1: Oh, I think we're getting back into our rotation. So it's just going to be the, the hot glove of the week in practice is going to get the start. Um, I, I think weight stumbling a little bit probably burns some of the goodwill. And I just, other than Vosic, because he's just continually MIA, um, I, just, I just don't get the sense
0: that Lily particularly favors one guy over the other. I thought Jamal was was going to be the man. I although I never sensed that this was the rotation, you know, the the typical lily lily rotation through the first, you know, 12 13 games of the season. To me, this felt just like continuous trials to see who wants to be the the one as opposed to knowing who your one and your two is, but you want to give your two some minutes uh, in case something happens down the stretch. This has always felt like we, we're just going to keep throwing different guys out there and see if someone can stay if someone actually wants to win the job just per se and I don't think anyone has mm-hmm. it's probably not it's probably at the point now that we're looking for it with Silva but that was another by my count uh, three either punts or, or basically free hits that he had that went out of touch um, now he did have a couple decent distributions in there but uh, three basically unforced errors uh, leading to throw-ins for the, uh, for the opposition. Was getting a bit frustrated. Obviously did not have to, to make a, a save. Uh, but did command his box pretty well. Uh, I just... I'm starting to think... I, I'm not even convinced that Bob has a depth chart at this point. I really think it's just... <laughs> I think we're just we're trying guys out and, and seeing if someone wants to take the job. And I'm equally at this point convinced that if if some steady veteran also became available in the market, that Bob would jump and 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 get his number one uh, either on a transfer or or a midseason signing. Because I just, I don't I don't nothing makes me think that he's committed the one guy being his one. Yeah, and in, in the past the
1: rotation was pretty. Uh structured so it was like every other game they'd switch or every two or something like that and then a quarter of the way in or, or less probably somebody just became the guy and definitely, yeah it definitely seems like this year he's he's like just throwing his hands up every week like i don't know you go in this week you know and somebody 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 take this job and
0: own it and none of them really are yeah so i mean to me that's even with all the the offensive firepower and how do you get all these all these attacking pieces, you know, into the games and, and get them the minutes and get them all producing. To me the, the big question surrounding this version of, of the Riverhounds is, is is the goalkeeping situation. Um, you're just you're looking at the other teams around you that are, you know, winning games. Uh, they, you think are going to be your your competition as the season goes on, and and they all have pretty well settled number ones and who the backup is in in Pittsburgh. It's just uh, let's find out when the you know when the the starting lap drops forty five minutes before kickoff, and then well, all right, it's going to be you know Jamali Wade. It's going to be Kevin Silva. Apparently, Vosvic, Yeah. We know he's still alive, but apparently he... I guess the de- the depth chart at this point is that Vosvic is the three, unless unless he's hurt and they're just not telling us. But assuming yeah. that, that there is not an injury, we don't know who's one, we don't know who's two, but we apparently know who's three. Now, the other thing I yep. want to bring up from this game is the two former hounds, Ryan James, Tommy Van and both start on the bench. Both come in at the same point. Uh, I want to say the 76th minute, I want to say. Um, so they're both given 14 minutes plus uh, added time. Weird to see those two guys coming off late off the bench for for a, a, a shall we say, scuffling Birmingham side when they were such critical cogs for, under Bob Lilly for uh, well, at least two years for both of them.
1: yeah I mean good to see him I guess we didn't really I guess we didn't get the opportunity to see him last year because of the conferences or divisions no
0: yeah so this uh, this is the first time either of them uh, have been have been back since they've left. remember Ryan James yeah. signed with Birmingham Tommy signed with San Diego and then got traded to Birmingham um, uh, in I think even the in the first half of last year but this was their first, both of them, their first time back in Pittsburgh since uh, since departing as Hounds.
1: Yeah, so it, it was weird to see him come on so late, especially for Birmingham struggling so much, and like you said, that they were so critical for us that you would think they would also be pretty important wherever they they ended up. I haven't paid attention to Birmingham to know if they are getting regular minutes, and maybe this was just like a rest. Situation, or if they really are kind of like bench guys, which would blow my mind to be honest.
0: They are I looked it up going in the last week. They are occasional starters. They they definitely don't have. They're not an everyday every game starter. They're not you know penned into the lineup. Um, they're getting some spot starts and then and then they're coming off the bench other times. Um, Brian James, they played midweek before playing pittsburgh ryan james came off at 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 half and tommy i don't think he made the came in the game at all yeah that's without again without watching their
1: games and really knowing what they're doing that just seems crazy especially for a now three three and four team that has less than a goal scored a game um uh, maybe just maybe just a weird fit
0: down there i don't know some uh, and Ryan James hacked his hair off, and that's so goddamn disappointing. Well, that's probably that's the best problem. He I lost his hair and lost uh, some the mojo, pistol, I guess. Yeah, I mean that was the best hair, definitely on the team, possibly, possibly in the in the league. And it all, yeah, hacked hacked it off, and that was that's a damn shame. What was Tommy's hair situation? I don't remember. Uh, he still has these. Um, I mean, it's, it's braided. Um, okay. But yeah, it's comes just basically a shorter version of what he had for the most part in Pittsburgh. Ah, it's just no, uh, no correlation for both of them there with uh, the loss of hair. No, nothing at all. Uh, any other thoughts you have on on this past game, or shall we move forward?
1: Uh, I think I'm good.
0: All right, perfect. Uh, Looking ahead then to this Saturday, the Hounds will be hosting, for the first time ever, the El Paso Locomotive out of the Western Conference. Again, El Paso came to the league a couple years ago, uh, and this is the first time that there's been, uh, well, there was that very limited East-West crossover last year, but now with there being a bigger part of of cross-conference play, El Paso makes their first trip to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has their first game ever against El Paso. Uh, They are currently 4-5-1. They start off uh, with five losses across all competitions, but have won their last three. And they are 1-4 on the road. Uh, Maybe the the biggest difference between their home and away, uh, they're open games no matter what. At home, there's been four and a half, on average, four and a half goals scored combined uh, on the home games, and only three and a half goals in their when they're on the road. Uh, their manager is a first-year manager for for uh, for El Paso after their previous manager took the job in Indy. Uh, it's John Hutchinson, uh, Australian lad. He was the manager in 2018 with Sounders, too, and then he's bounced around as, as an assistant in various clubs for the U.S. in the United States and Australia. Um, Vesty, what are your, some of your takeaways or first thoughts on El Paso?
1: Uh, yeah, um, looking forward to, to seeing them. They were a strong team in the West for the last two years. They were known to be a really defensive team, kind of uh, literally ball of the West, I think. They weren't giving up many goals, but that was under their, their previous head coach, which uh, you know explains maybe the, the regression that they had this year
0: of just having wide open games. And a lot a lot of players also followed them out to to India as well. So there was a, a decent amount of roster turnover for guys that weren't already under, under contract for, for this year with El Paso. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I I think it's always fun to have new te- or new teams come to Highmark that we haven't seen before. You know, we don't get it, we don't get this cross league play very often, and I am glad that they are coming here and
0: not going there, so that we don't have to deal with another baseball field. Correct, because they are they are one of the remaining baseball field teams. There are two players for El Paso that you will most likely recognize. One is. Uh, Evan Newton, their goalkeeper, uh, if you've been around the league for a while, you, you'll definitely recognize that name. Uh, he's so far played every minute in the league for El Paso, uh, 57.5% save percentage, so not the best so far. Uh, 17 goals conceded. And then the name you will definitely remember, Cristiano Francois is now with El Paso. Uh, which means he successfully went from one team to another without that first team having to fold in the process. And it's been a while since he can say that. Uh, but not not getting a, a ton of minutes. Uh, six starts, seven shots, three on target, no goals. Which means, uh, especially after what he carved up uh, to the Hounds last year with the Miami, he is absolutely going to come and, and fuck us on Saturday. Uh, no, I... What did he did he pop in two at at Highmark last year. There was definitely one where where he goes uh, down easy, uh, and he the ball played over the top. He's he's run down there a little bit of contact. He goes down soft. We all get on him for it. He looks up, has fire in his eyes, staring us down, and then like five minutes later pops one in the in the net and 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 gives us a little bit of a look. I'm like. Like he's, <laughs> if you could throw money anytime goal scorer on on Francois for the Saturday, just just go do it because it's fuckers gonna put one in.
1: Yeah, that actually just stirred a thought of mine. We are seeing practically a whole first team worth of former Hounds this year. With him, Tommy and Ryan last week, yep. Mertz a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. Kyle Morton recently. We got Brett coming up later in the year. It's a, a who's who of recent big house names this year.
0: Yeah. Uh, I kind uh, of think anybody else. You'll, you'll uh, Vidiello, Al was uh Sacramento now. Yeah. Um, Jeez.
1: <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really mean anything, but it's just kind of interesting That's like, man, we are seeing so many former rounds this year. Well,
0: th- part of that was how many guys pre-Lilly, they would, they were a rookie with with Pittsburgh, and then <laughs> their professional career started and ended in one year with Pittsburgh because they they weren't recruiting decent players. Who you know, once they left Pittsburgh, no one else was picking them up, and now, yeah, you know, Bob's finding these guys either. Guys, he you know former hounds that he brought with him, or eventually got him into Pittsburgh, or the young guys that he's finding these 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 value picks at D two schools or whatever, and then they're they're making their name for themselves in Pittsburgh and then going on to, to play elsewhere. That's the difference. Is <laughs> much like we're we're winning more now. We have better players now who stick around stick around the league. Yeah, I mean shit. He's taken how many goalkeepers? is he, He's He's taking they do their two years of you know their their tour of service with Pittsburgh and then go get paid somewhere else. Vidiello and um and Cal uh, Morton are obvious examples of it. So yeah. Um their last game against El Paso, or the last El Paso's last game was against Tulsa. They won 3 1. -1. Uh, They played a a 4 3 3 formation, basically attacking down the wings. uh, And then, kind of like what the Hounds were doing a lot this this past week, get it down to the edge of the box, cross it in, hope for the best. Um, So, we will see what happens with that. Again, that is a 7 o'clock game at Highmark Stadium. As always, tailgate will start at at four o'clock. Hopefully, the weather cooperates better than it did this past week, and we can uh, we can make that roll and and hopefully have a, a nicely uh, a better crowd than this past week. And we the the attendance chat we need to may save for another week because we're starting to think that uh, the hounds may not be doing uh, doing butts through the uh, through the gate as their attendance anymore because that three thousand and change did not feel or look very accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Taking on to Steel Army News. Uh, let's see. We already, we already mentioned this this upcoming weekend or this upcoming Saturday, uh, 4 p.m. start with the tailgate, seven o'clock kickoff against El Paso. The next weekend, the uh, Hounds are out on the road. We are going to uh, make a day of it for uh, not a day, but we're going to do a, a nice proper watch party down at. Uh, Bulldog, 7, I want to say it's a 7.30 kickoff down in Florida. Um, yeah, Tampa's usually 7.30s, I think. Yeah, so 7.30 kickoff. We'll we'll get more information out there, but uh, definitely plan on, if you can, a- attending Bulldog um, a week and a half from now and we'll, we're going to have a nice, real, proper uh, watch party. Uh, the first one we've had since uh, the season opener down in Memphis. And then the other thing, kind of upcoming here as we get closer to June, it is the um, uh, are now I, I guess at this point this is going to be our third or fourth year, so um, something yes, yeah, something like that. So the our Pride Raiser month will be coming up here. Uh, Vesty, you want to give the the rundown on that?
1: Yeah, so Pride Raiser is a yearly event during the month of june for pride month where you will pledge a dollar amount for river hounds goals um at home i believe is the the catch right or is it all all goals uh all all goals okay all goals yeah so you say you know i want to pledge five dollars for a goal hound score just to keep a simple math five goals for the month of june at the end of june you would donate 25 dollars to Whichever cause that we do, um, we usually do a different one every year. Or I don't know. If we, I don't know if we, we we do it deliberately a different one every year. or Just that's just how it has worked out so far. But um, we'll pick a local organization that um, promotes or provides services for LGBT plus um, folks, and um, yeah, we'll make a donation to them at the end of the month. Uh, based off of you know, how many goals the Hounds score. So I don't, if I was better prepared, I'd tell you how much we donated last year, but it usually ends up being a, a decent chunk. Um, it, we've been having more people join in every year, and with the Hounds being
0: a high-scoring team this year, knock on wood, um, should be a, a pretty good one. Yeah, last couple of Junes, the Hounds have, have, have turned it on in terms of the goal scoring. Now, the, the first year we did this, I, I put a, a pretty hefty dollar amount on the per goal because at that point the hounds had not been scoring a ton and i didn't i guess one i mean they just ended up scoring and two i didn't appreciate the the fact that there was a lot of two teams coming up in that june so uh Hmm. yeah it was a a fairly sizable more than i was expecting to do but i got a little more conservative with my my pledge per goal amount the next year in addition to that we will be doing our annual um Tried uh steel army scarves uh i think we're, that's something we're going to be ordering some more of here soon and then we're also going to be doing a special uh shirt uh it's be like a shirt or a hoodie uh that should be going live here any any day now and so i don't want to ruin the uh the design so i'll let that i'll let it uh be a surprise for everyone when we we just debut it on Social media, and for the store members, you'll come, you'll see it on your dispatch. But uh, we got a peek of it uh, yesterday, and I'm I'm pretty pretty happy with it.
1: Yep, and uh, well, there'll be more information about Pride Razor. There's a there's an actual site you sign up for your pledge. Uh, it's not just word of mouth. So um, once we confirm the organization we're going to donate to this year and all that stuff, um, that that will be
0: for for your
1: pledges later in the month.
0: Yeah look take a look out. It's usually the, the the week before June so last week in May we usually start pushing that pretty heavy. And then like Vessie just said, we, we do a sweet little kind of like like tally board after every game to, to see what the what the donation per goal is and then what the the monthly tally is. And I believe the plan this year is to include the July 1st game. so it'll, it'll be a five game stretch that this will encompass. Nice, yeah. Um, well, I think it's everything on on the Steel Army front. Uh, I believe it is now that time where we we do Logan's uh, mid midweek USL slash CCL Champions League slash for this week the U.S. Open Cup midweek betting extravaganza. Um, I believe Vesta, you have everyone else's picks uh in front of you if you want to read them off for everyone yeah we need like a a coins hitting the the tray sound effect, i uh, i have plans that either do some sort of yeah some bumper thing for this it's it, it'll get there
1: <laughs> yeah so um for
0: for the guy who started this i did not see picks from uh logan Tis Tis slogan. He was supposed to be on the on the, the pod this night tonight too and he uh he backed out just before. So Tisk on him. Yeah, maybe maybe that's why he didn't post them. He was
1: expecting to be here. But um I do have picks from Yax, Dorino, myself, and then um you can say yours if you have one. So this is all open cup tonight, no league games, no CONCACAF. Nothing fun. Nobody decided to go across the border for the Canadian Championship. Although I don't, I don't know if he would have gotten lines on that, anyways. So uh, Yak had two wagers. Uh, he had one unit on the Union money line, which that has settled as a loss for him. And he has one unit on LaFC minus one and a half, and that will not be settled later. later. Um, that's at plus one forty three for him. Sereno had three wagers, all one unit each. Uh, first one was the Philly Union to win the first half of their match. Uh, that was tied at halftime, so that's going to be a push for him. Uh, he also had Miami Moneyline, uh, which did just settle just a few minutes ago, and Miami won, so good for you, Starino. Uh That was minus 600, I think, last I checked. So... Uh, Not winning a lot there, but wins a win. And then his final wager was for Louisville City to score first against Detroit. Uh, Unfortunately, Detroit got an early penalty, and uh, that will be a loss for Sereno. Finally, my pick was Miami to take a clean sheet with their match against Tormenta. Sadly, Tormenta put one in very late in the game, so that is going to be a loss for me. I didn't even notice the Tormenta to put one in. Damn. Yeah, it was the 88th minute. They were so close.
0: That sucks. Uh, was that... Yep. Uh, um, I'm sorry, that was one unit for me. What was the final score in that one? 3-1 Miami. Oh, they broke it. Because it was one nothing for a while, I thought. Both teams ended with 10 men. Ooh, saucy. Nice. Put yeah. that on the... Uh, put that on the... Or at least for Tormenta, to put it on the... The carryover for next year on that that massive list of who serves a suspension carrying <laughs> over the next year. Uh, my turn for the pick then. Yep, that's all the ones I had. All right. So well, I'm taking. We uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. If you figured that out. Uh, normally we record on Wednesday nights, but we're on. We're doing Tuesdays. We're doing a Tuesday this week. Uh, so we I have the late game tonight. LaFC and Timbers in the Open Cup. Uh, going a little bit. Funky on this. Uh, I'm going two units on a first half draw, at plus one fifty. So mark that in your books. Fancy. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, two units first half draw between LAFC and the and the Timbers, uh, plus one fifty. And then uh, next time Logan gets on here, he's going to give us the recap of how everyone's doing so far, uh, and that'll be just just. Captivating, thrilling, and exciting podcast content for the, for de- the four ever. of us,
1: correct? Yeah, exciting for the four of us, not so much for everybody else. Nope, but we're gonna um, just keep doing this. Damn it! Yep, it's a shame that uh, we are recording on t- Tuesday because all the open cup games are outside of Detroit, um, are boring MLS games for the most part. Uh, tomorrow had a lot more lower league teams, which could have been fun, but but alas. Is what it is. Uh, but, I don't uh, know if you heard hmm? uh, real quick about Open Cup tomorrow. I don't know if you heard, but ESPN finally decided they're going to do a uh, Whipple Round show during the matches tomorrow night. Is that just tomorrow or is it, is it both days? Just tomorrow. Um, it's going to be on ESPN Plus exclusively. Oh. But about time somebody did that. Probably two
0: rounds too late, but
1: uh, that should be interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, they putting all this this nice uh, shoulder programming out there just in time for him to not have the contract for it next year. Yeah. Oh, who knows? Yeah. They, they, uh, they U.S. Soccer said they might uh, sell out, um, sell off the the Open Cup rights, uh, independent of uh, all the other rights that they that they gave to what Turner? Did Turner get it? TBS?
1: I did, I did i don't know if somebody actually got oh it no uh, uh, the hbo
0: whatever the hbo conglomerate is mm. so yeah maybe we have open cup on hbo max next year i hope not i don't want to have to subscribe to more stuff uh.
1: um and one last thing about open cup for you and me just because we're recording right at the moment uh, we are about to kick off penalties in detroit
0: Yes, I am. I quick after I, I looked up the odds that I wanted to take for that. I went. I quickly uh, got my phone back to uh, to this Louisville Detroit game, <laughs> and uh, just in time for him the take some uh, kicks from the mark. But let's uh, let's try to wrap this bad boy up. Uh, Vesty, anything that you would like to share with the class that you learned today? Oh, you know how good I am at this segment. Yes, Um, even though I put it in the rundown. So you do have fear warning. And I just just goes one in one ear out the other.
1: Uh, I'm going to say I learned a lot about the hair situation in Birmingham
0: today. Or the lack of hair situation. Chopping mm-hmm. it off, man. It's just the, a shame. The, the hair crisis. All right. Oh, what did I learn today? Um I guess I learned that, that that US soccer spends a lot of time peering into the stands at uh at all divisions of professional soccer. Right? Is that US I- soccer
1: is uh the Illuminati. We should have listened to the cosmos, damn it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Rocco Commisso was uh yeah, he, he was telling us all along, damn it. <laughs> he was trying to warn us. Sorry, Rocco, we should listen to you the first time, or the second time, or the third time. <laughs> Although I can't wait for Ro- or for uh, Cosmos 4.0, to, and then we can all take heed.
1: The longer that Queensboro takes to get off the ground, the more likely the Cosmos spring from the earth uh, anew.
0: There's a, there's a fair, you know, what what happens first, Cosmos 4.0 or, or Queensboro finally has their inaugural season after, what two two delays now, I believe. Yeah, something like that. I they
1: not not to get too much into the weeds. I guess at the end here, but I could with uh, how much of a shit show Nisa has become with some of their teams. I could see them them reaching to the devil they know, and uh, bringing the cosmos back next year. I mean, just uh, just 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 move. Was it the the Teamsters or whatever the New Jersey team.
0: Did they ever Amsterdam? actually play a game? The Teamsters with a Z? I don't know.
1: The no, Amsterdam's that one that just had the problems, right? Just just slide them over to, to New York and yeah, switch the logo out. <laughs> oh, they there are in New York.
0: They're,
1: they're right there. Just just change their colors.
0: throw, throw a big pizza party. <laughs> yeah, I bet Rocco throws a hell of a pizza party. At least when he makes t shirts about he ends up actually selling the t shirts doesn't cancel those orders Porster you <sighs> know I was really excited for that shirt too, and now we're just we're we've gone really in the weeds on this so let's uh now that yep. uh uh louisville just took a took a lead in in the kicks from the mark we will close this this bad boy off here by saying we'd like to thank the yeah, Louisville game network for sniping. providing yeah. <laughs> for providing the online hosting of Hounsie. <laughs> Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Hounsie theme music was composed and performed by Rocketman and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com spacebabiespgh. This show is produced by Joe Majorak. Email the show at stillarmypgh at gmail.com and put podcasts podcast in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon.